Yes, people, welcome back to Process, a podcast with myself, Brendan Pearson. So today's guest is professional footballer currently playing for Blackburn Rovers and ex-Newcastle United striker Adam Armstrong, a.k.a. Armour. So with Armour today, we discuss a lot about his mindset, especially when he was younger, coming up through the ranks at Newcastle United and dealing with all the setbacks, the ups and downs along the way and all the different scenarios that he had to come across getting pushed into the first team quite early, getting exposed to, to that first team environment very young, how he dealt, dealt with it mentally, and also a bit about his hunger and relentlessness, which was two things that really came up in the podcast, and where it came from and how he kind of maintained it throughout his career to get to where he is today. So before we start this podcast, as always, if you haven't already, get subscribed for more episodes. And if you did end up enjoying this episode or any of the previous episodes, Remember to share it on your Instagram story, any social media, and tag myself and the guest just to spread the word of the podcast and all of the good content that's coming out from all the guests. So we'll get on with the episode. This is Process. Right, mate, we are on. Yes, people, welcome back to Process. Today we're joined by yet another guest. So we're with professional footballer playing for Blackburn Rovers. Used to be one of my old teammates as well back in the day. Back in the glory days in your castle. Adam Armstrong, welcome to the podcast, mate. All right, mate. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having us. Hi, no nice worries. I was saying, we were just chatting before the podcast. Like, you were you, in your castle since what you joined when you were like, you were really young when you joined, didn't you? You were like six or something, that's where uh, when you first. No, I got, I got scouted when I was six, but I didn't end up going to the academy till I was nine. Yeah. Um, and like you said, the likes of Dan Borlasso came in, I think it was that year. Uh, Carl Roberts was there. So yeah, I think you came at like under 11s, wasn't it? Was it 10s or 11s? I was, I was right at the, was that under 10s? Right at the under 10s? I think was, I was meant to join the season after, but I joined under 10s. Yeah. Uh, and obviously we've been through the ranks all the way through. And like like you said, like we've had, we were quite fortunate that we had a lot of lads, like our team, especially local lads that have been through the ages, like you said, yourself, Carl Roberts, like now playing Notts County, Dan Balassa still in Newcastle, unknown at Rotherham. Um, who else? Kyle Cameron, obviously, all the way through the ranks as well. Gibber, Liam Gibson, like the amount of lads that we had in our age group was kind of, kind of like, they're very rare to have that many go through the ranks, especially in academy setups where you have like a lot of lads who are bought from all over the place. But we were quite fortunate, so like, I just wanted to go all the way back to obviously when you were six, seven, yeah. however, however young. When did you first get started? Football was one of the things where your dad just passed the ball to you when the second you were born, go out the room and just start kicking it around. Well, I think I think that's what he likes to say, um, to give him credit. <laughs> no, like you said, I, I've got an older brother, so he played football for a for a boys club. It was Blue Star um, at the time. It's now City Juniors. Um, like you said, he was he was just playing football every day with with his mates, and I was just there. Do you know what I mean? Just just joining in with them and getting kicked about and getting made a goalpost and all that sort of stuff around the streets and he kind of just kind of just through through him really you know my dad mm-hmm. loved football my mom loves football and that was kind of the only path I had really was I mean I was I was good at other sports but it was just football was just constant you know whether it was coming back from school just get the ball out straight away and like I said I, I think it just came through came through my brother and, and my dad really yeah, because it always interests me how like successful people kind of get the background into like what they get into, especially in football. But I think being from the northeast as well, and like everyone from the northeast is football mad. There's obviously rugby and stuff that some people get into, but yeah. 
as a young lad, you brought up, brought born and bred around Newcastle United kind of thing. So we always Newcastle fan from a young age. Or was it kind of one of them things where you decided, or was it just a natural, natural thing part of the family? Same again, mate. I think it was just natural. You know, you've grown up in Newcastle. Yeah. Um, made support in Newcastle family when Newcastle fans, grandma, granddads. You know, it's just just what I was brought into and. Went to games when I was younger and seeing it at St James's Park and, like you said, coming through the academy with with yourself and seeing different things that happen is, like you said, it's, it's amazing and for me to go through all the way in Newcastle was was incredible and, like you said, it's um it, it started from when I was six years old, you know, kicking the ball in the street. Yeah, yeah, I know. So do you feel like you obviously joining the academy system really young? Do you feel like you missed out much in terms of? Like the boys' club, obviously Newcastle City Juniors was kind of like the local team as well. Do you feel like you missed out in that little thing? Because I know, remember when I was younger and, well, when my brother was going for Newcastle City Juniors, they had quite a nice, like, few little trips away. They went to, like, Barcelona for a few tournaments, uh, Holland for a few tournaments, and obviously it was a little bit... It's not as serious at that level, although it is serious, like, kind of the older you get. Do you feel like you missed out a little bit on that going straight into an academy setup, or do you feel like the things that you experienced through Newcastle were kind of... More beneficial for yourself? Um, well, like you said, I, I got scouted at six and it was the fact that my dad said, look, you're not going there yet. You know, you need to, you need to enjoy your football. You need to be winning trophies. You need to learn learn the process kind of thing. And and I look back on it now and I think, you know what, he was right. You know, going into Newcastle, as much as it's great, you're not playing for trophies. You're not playing for, like, you're not playing in a league. You're not getting cups. So for me, you have that from six to nine where I was winning trophies with City Juniors, going on tournaments, like you said, was was huge. And I think a lot of kids miss out on that sort of stuff, you know, if when they go into academy so early. But um, like you mm -hmm. said, it's, it's di everyone's different. And I think I chose the right path of going to Newcastle a little bit later on. And, and like you said, getting the experience with a boys club to to win trophies and, and just be normal with your, your normal mates from school and, and stuff like that. And yeah, I think that's that definitely helped us in, in, in moving forward. Yeah, I feel probably the same. Like I've kind of wish, although obviously the opportunity because I was going from like Hayden Bridge Boys Boys Club, which is just like out in the country, not really serious. Obviously, teams in Newcastle like the, the kind of the next step for me. But obviously, I when I was on the tens, I got asked to go to Newcastle. And it felt like I remember actually being in like the what's it the fountain was what was it called the development center yeah, at the yeah. time. Obviously, training in the dorm bit and getting told that I didn't really felt like. I was Santiago Munez out of out of goal, getting like getting like scouted for them. But like at the same time, when I was joining under tens, I kind of wish I did have because I planned on going to Newcastle City the next season. I kind of wish I did have have them maybe two or three years to kind of enjoy my football and again have the because obviously the, the setup that they have in Newcastle City with the whole presentation system at the end of the year and it's like it is a big kind of party yeah. in a, in a sense yeah. like all the ages get together. Like you didn't really have that in Newcastle. I think we. We had a presentation, I remember, at the end of the season, but there wasn't really anything handed out. And I think the only the only time anything was handed out was my first season where you got a certificate, which I think I've still got, like, yeah. for being part of the academy. I think as the, as the years passed, like, they kind of lost that and it was very serious, um, which I think that one of the big things that I've learned about football is if you don't enjoy it, you don't play well and you don't, like, you, you're not going to be able to express yourself on the pitch, which I think I just, for young lads... I just feel like... How can you turn that down? Do you know, if I was a young lad, obviously six years old, and the scouts came my dad, it's like, like he's had some balls to turn it down. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, no, like we're going to play club football for a few more years and then see, how, then see how he's getting on. 
I mean, if my dad had told us at the time that I'd been scouted, I'd have been like, bloody hell, let us, I want to go straight to Newcastle. Like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, but the fact he said, no, you need to play a couple more couple more years of club football and enjoying yourself and playing with your mates and winning trophies. And I just think, looking back on it, that that's, that's been the, the correct decision. And like I said, it's, um, it's all came down to him from, from stopping us going, really. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. Like, the amount of lads that I can remember who, like, when they were younger, even in the 9s and the 10s and the 11s, they came into Newcastle and they were maybe enjoying the football with their mates beforehand going in and then it's a serious environment and then it may be, if they get released after that one year, like, because it was only one year kind of contracts in a sense at that age, like one year, and then after that, if you're getting released, it's kind of not only, like, you probably don't enjoy football as much because you've, you've, your confidence has completely been knocked because yeah. you think, all right, I'm never going to be good enough to get back into this setup again. But you've kind of probably lost that passion for it because you, if you're thinking, right, this is the next step up, but I wasn't enjoying my football at that because it's very serious and stuff. Maybe them extra few years enjoying your football, also building your confidence in a in an environment with your mates. Because when you're playing with your mates and stuff, you're having a bit of crack. You you're quite a confident player, especially if you're one of the better players. If you know that you can play at Newcastle United or play at Man United or whatever, but you're going to go and play for your boys club, your confidence is going to be high, which is then something that you can take into going to the academy, which I felt I kind of missed because when I was young, I was always, even the last few years of my like, time at Newcastle, I, was, I wasn't massively confident. But when I was with my mates at home, I always felt really, really yeah. confident and even playing for the school and stuff like that. I felt like didn't even think about playing, but when I was in Newcastle, I always had that kind of anxiety yeah. because because everybody around me was obviously at a very good level, and I kind of felt like right, I need to prove myself a little bit more. So there's a lot of men- there's, a, there's a lot of mental side of football which we'll touch on later on in um, in the podcast. But talking about being in Newcastle at a young age, do you feel like there's a lot of sacrifices you had to make. Obviously, the older you get, when you get to like 14, 15, you start missing a few days of school to go on the day release and then maybe missing a few weekends with your mates because the schedule in terms of training when you were younger was like, it was, I can't remember, it was like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and then maybe a Saturday, yeah. train, play on Sunday. So obviously, we didn't really have weekends yeah, yeah. in a sense. Do you feel like there was a lot that you missed out on? Do you feel, or do you feel like the sacrifice was kind of worth it in the end? Well, obviously, looking back on it, the sacrifice was worth it for where I am now. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at that time, you, for me, you don't know anything but football. Like so, mm-hmm. so if I'm saying to my mates from school, or oh, I'm going to Newcastle for a weekend, like I'm going away to play Man City, it's like they're not going to say, "Oh, no, I want you to stay here. And we want to do something." You know, when you get older, I'll be like, "We want to go out. We want to go house parties and stuff." It's like, well, the kind of I had a good group of friends around us who were like, "Look, you know, we know how how good you are at football and." How serious you take it, going it like going express yourselves. You know we're not gonna we're not gonna sit there on weekends and be like, oh, where's Alma? Where's Alma? Do you know what I mean? It was, and growing up, it was kind of like like I said before, football was all I knew. So to go away on trips and train every night when he castled, whatever days it was, it was was kind of like this is this is amazing. And like I said, I just I just knew nothing else. You know, it was it was kind of just training, and training, and go with your mates, train again, play matches. It was was so intense when you look back on it, you know, well, like you said, we're mm-hmm. training Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, was constant, you know, and we were kind of good that we had a good group, you know, growing from, coming through Newcastle. We all got along, you know, and um, I think that, that made it much easier, the group that we had, you know, I loved going to training to see all you lot and, and training, it was just, it was amazing, wasn't it? So, like you said, yeah, I know. sacrifices you make, but looking back on it now, like, 
you can't say, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. You know, it's it's hard. Yeah. It is crazy thinking about how much you actually train. Like, obviously, thinking about it now, it's like having a nine-to-five job then going to train on night time. It's like, it's like the whole part-time thing. But then you were doing probably four or five days a week, so it's almost like having another job. While, obviously, while you're at school, which is like, and it's like nine till three or eight thirty till three thirty or whatever it was, I can't remember. But it is a lot and like me if I went back and tried to do that now, I think I'd find it a lot harder. I don't know, just when you're young yeah. you just don't think about it. I think and especially when we've been brought up in the like the system we'll call it for so long, you can't you are kind of used to it. And obviously the fact that we did have a good group of lads, that like we didn't really have a lot of our souls in a sense and I think because we were at New- in Newcastle rather than like a Man City or Man United where a lot of lads are kind of brought in and yeah. maybe even bought in we didn't really have that I'm trying to think until we got to maybe 18s that's when maybe lads started to get kind of brought in even when we were on, on like apprenticeship time we, we didn't really have lads that were like bought in from different countries from different parts of, of the UK and stuff so we were kind of, kind of a, a grounded group of lads which I think definitely definitely helped uh, do you feel like we, we trained too much at a young age? Because I, well, for myself, because I had a lot of injuries, I always yeah. felt like, especially training on that astral turf, which oh, like, didn't do me any favours, horrendous. But do you feel like you trained a little bit too much? I think you've been okay with injuries, but I don't know, what's your thoughts on the, the whole thing? Um, Like you said, we trained a lot, you know, it was, it was intense. Um, But back then, like you said, you don't you don't really take anything in. You know, you, not, you don't sit there and think, bloody hell, I'm training so much here. Yeah. Because at that age, mm-hmm. from like 10s to 15s, that's all you're doing anyway. You're constantly playing football. If I wasn't training at Newcastle, I'd be playing football in the streets with my mates. So it'd be like, you know, but looking mm-hmm. back on it, it is it is very intense. Um, like you said, you've obviously been unlucky with injuries and I know a lot of lads who have, who have been unlucky with injuries as well. And I think that might be, you know, that might be the case of playing so many games as a young age and, and training so much and it, it eventually catches up to you. Um, so, like you said, I think it, it is it is pretty intense. But back then, you don't really you don't really think about it. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, it, it is it is hard work. And like you said, um, I don't know. It's, it, it depends who you are. I you know, like for yourself, you've you've been unlucky with injuries. And for me, touch wood, I haven't had so many injuries growing up. Um, but uh, like you said, three day, three days a week training, train on Saturday, game on Sunday. I think it is pretty much for a for a ten year old, eleven year old. It is, it is pretty much. Isn't it? Yeah, ah, uh, it is a lot. And I think if you think about it at that age, you're probably all right. But then if you're doing that for years and years and years, the amount of almost like volume that you're building up, like your body breaks down. And then obviously when you get to kind of the first team level, the training obviously the intensity is really high. But in terms of the volume, it probably isn't. It's nowhere near as much as what I used to train when I was little. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's like I remember my last year because it was never ever the first team would probably do a little bit in the gym in the morning and then kind of, especially in season, maybe train for an hour, an hour and a half tops. But a lot of it would be intensity, lots of breaks or maybe a bit of shape where it was never the yeah. same. So it always confused me. And everyone, like I said, everyone's different in terms of the body and how they react to it. So there's so many different things to, to think about. But talking about obviously you progressing really well through the ranks in your cast, you was always one of the, one of the ones that were kind of expected in a sense, to kind of do well, you're always kind of pushed up the age groups and stuff. How important do you feel the people that you surround yourself with, like in football and also at home, at the family, your friends outside of football, how much of an influence are they on your progression and obviously stopping you going down certain routes? Yeah, massive, you know, like you said, to have a good family and friends around you is, is huge, you know, at that age. I mean, probably 11s, 12s is probably the biggest 
probably the best age group that we had at the time. You know, it was it was really intense and you always wanted to play a year above yourself, you know, you always wanted to work hard and and like you said, you, you, you grow through school as well, you know, and you, you get mixed in with the wrong kids and they're doing bad stuff, they're always drinking and at 13, 14 and you know, I, I was lucky enough to, to stay kind of stay away from them kids and kind of just concentrate on my football because I knew that I had the world at my feet. You know, I was doing really well at Newcastle and as I grew up, I obviously got called up for England and, and stuff like that. So to have the right people around you is, is massive. And I'll, go, I'll touch on a bit, obviously, coming through Newcastle City Juniors, like all I knew back then was winning, like because we had such a good team at that age, like that's all I knew was winning, constantly winning. And when you come through Newcastle, it's kind of like when you don't win, it's like, don't worry, like improvements. You know, you look on the, the bad stuff that's happening and you improve on it. And I kind of took that hard. Like, I kind of took it hard. You know, I was like, well, no, I want to win every every game. Like coming from like obviously 13s, 14s, you kind of say, oh, you know, winning doesn't matter. You know, as long as we're, we're playing playing well, doing the right stuff. It, it, I, I kind of, that, that was the, the, the hard thing I took really was, well, no, like we've just got beat. I don't know, three one, and, and you're saying that we're doing well. It was kind of like that was that was kind of hard to take. And but like I said, growing up, having the right people around you, having the right coaches around you, the right mates, um, obviously has got us to where I am today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can tell you've obviously had that winning mindset instilled in you very early, which I think's took you a long way. Yeah. And like you touched on about the academy setup being not so focused on winning, it's more like focused on like how you perform individually or if you're trying to do the right things, which I think it isn't the right, it's the same with like kids at school, like saying like, oh, you did really well about this, but you could do a little bit better. But life's not like that. Like, especially footballs, it's cut for all, like the, the higher you get up. Like if you don't do well, if you're not winning, especially yeah. at the level that you're at, like you're going to get a ball again or like someone's like, you're going to get stick off the media. You're going to get shit taught. You're going to get the worst. Yeah. The worst of the worst kind of thing and i think lads at a younger age need to get that in and i think they need to be a bit more cutthroat about it yes everybody needs equal opportunities in terms of like game time and stuff like especially young age you, you need that but in terms of the winning and losing side of it they need to learn that at young young age but one of the coaches that i felt helped with that was vince was very tough yeah he was one of the ones when we were younger who was like that was when it started to kind of get a bit more serious and then obviously kev richardson started to bring that in yeah a little bit later on like they're two coaches that stand out for me in terms of like the mentality side of football rather than just about the they playing to enjoy playing to obviously enjoy football but play to kind of just for the sake of playing there needs to be that kind of yeah we're, we're playing to fucking win here rather yeah. than just turning up mm -hmm. um which i think need, needs it needs to be instilled a little bit younger so again obviously you're progressing your castle really well through the ranks is there anything you feel like any reason in particular why you feel you progressed so well in at Newcastle in the setup compared to obviously other lads that kind of drop out or maybe don't go down they keep the progression going because a lot of lads who leave school early at 15 16 go full time before a lot of other lads but then just drop off in under 18s and maybe don't even play football is there any reason why you feel like you your progression just kind of kept on going up and up and up um I'm not I'm not I'm not quite sure you know I'll see I was always constantly working hard. I always wanted to to work on my strengths and work on my weaknesses every day, you know, whether it was away from home with my dad or I was always hard working. And I, I don't know, I, like you said, I, I knew I always had talent, but it was kind of like growing up in Newcastle, I was always small. So I always had to feel like I had to prove an extra bit. 
You know, I had to go 110% instead of 100 every every session, every game. Because I was so little, I thought, I need to stand out. Like, there's big kids I'm playing against that under 11s, 12s that I need to be better than. I need them to think, bloody hell, he's good. You know, for, for the size I was. And I think as I got older, from, I think it was maybe 15s, 16s, it was kind of, I left school early, which was which was mental when you think about it. It was kind of one day, you know, my, I think my dad had had a little chat with Joe Joyce, the the academy manager, and and he had a chat with my head teacher at school, but I knew nothing about it. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of just one day. My dad said, "Look, you're not going back to school," and I was like, "What you're not, like? What you're on about?" I mean, yeah, ten. I've still got another year left, you know. And and then I hadn't had a meeting with Joe Joyce and a meeting with my head teacher separately, and my head teacher kind of just said, "Look." We understand how good of an opportunity you've got. Obviously, the quality that you've got. We want to, to help you to get there. Because my head teacher, his son was at Newcastle at the time, a couple of years younger. So he loved football as well. So it was kind of like getting to an agreement where I could come into school once a week and, and train every day with lads who are two, three years above us. So I'd think that part there was was massive. You know, being 15, 14 years old, training with, with 18s at the time. I think that that stand is in good stead to where I am now, you know, training with them sort of kids. Like I was still a boy and they were becoming men men at that time. So I'd say from that age from that age, that's that's really like pushes on an extra step, like hundred percent. Was yeah. Was there any any moment like obviously when you were younger that you thought like I'm not gonna make it here? Like is there is there any any sort of doubt in your mind or was it literally just like tunnel vision the whole way? I, I knew I always had the, the qualities to be a footballer, but there was a stage where I was thinking I was 14s. Do you know when, what, what what age was it where you got told you want to get a scholarship or not? It was 14, 15s? It was like some lads got you. I think you may have got told right at the end of under 15s. I got told Chris, mid like Christmas time on the 16s, and I was still like a little bit earlier than some lads. Yeah, well, what it was was it was actually there was two young lads below the year below us who got a scholarship before me. And a few other lads yeah. at our age had got scholarships and I was and I still hadn't had one. So I was like, I, I kind of like didn't get it at the stage. I was playing a year above us. I was training with the 18s. I was like, how am I not getting offered a scholarship here? So at that time, it was like, my dad just started to think, well, maybe I haven't got a chance here. Like maybe we should start looking at other places. You know, it's going through everyone's mind thinking what's going on. And, you know, we, we ended, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. We had a meeting with George Joyce, Kev Richardson, you know, Dave Watson and, Thinking like, what what's happening? Why why is he not being offered a scholarship? You know he's he's doing so well. We've took him out of school, kind of thing. And it was like, look, like it was kind of like we didn't want to tell you this early, but like you're going to go straight into your professional contract at 17. He's like, we haven't told you this yet, but you're going to have a year scholarship, and then you're going to go into your professional contract. And it was kind of like, oh, like kind of like, shit. I really, <laughs> that's why uh, I shouldn't really have rushed it enough. But but that's that's what I was like as a kid. You know, I always wanted to be the best. I always wanted to. To get things first, I always wanted to be the one scoring goals. I was just that's the way I was, and and to be told that two young lads below us are getting a scholarship ahead of us, and one of them was a striker. I was like, nah, this isn't this isn't right. But looking back on it, you know, if I'd just been a little bit patient, if I'd waited a couple more weeks, yeah. I would have got offered uh, obviously the, the professional contract and uh, the scholarship as well. So maybe I should have just waited a little. Ah, uh, it was <laughs> worth the wait anyway in the end. But do you feel like? There was a lot of, did you think in your head, right, there's a lot of risk of me leaving school early or did you not even think about it at all? Well, Brendan, I, w- I wasn't really, I wasn't really great at school, you know, I wasn't like, I wasn't, the, yeah. I wasn't really smart, you know, I was just, I was just okay. 
And that's the kind of thing that the head teacher said to us. He said, look, you're okay at school. Your grades are all right, but are they going to get better in a year? And, I'll, and that, that's what he said to us. I was like, if I'm being honest, probably not. He's like, well, that's the risk that I want to take for you and that you and your dad want to take for, for yourself. So it was kind of like, look, go and have an extra year experience playing football with men. And look, school will take care of itself if it doesn't happen. So I just, mm-hmm. I'm fully thankful of, of obviously my school and my head teacher and of George Joyce, the academy and of letting us leave school and come in a year early. And I'd 100% still say now that that's, that's got us to where I am today, you know, becoming a, becoming a man so early. So I'd definitely mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. And you can tell how important like the decision with your head teacher and your dad was and that you're very, very fortunate to kind of have that because a lot of parents and also head teachers would be very kind of against that. They'd be like, no, no, education is really important. Like it's like the stereotypical thing. No, you need to get education. You need to go to university. You need to do that. But I think people saw the potential in you a lot early, which also probably give you a bit of confidence to the fact that they're, they're even saying, right, you've got this opportunity. Go and fucking do it. Like, yeah. Don't even waste any time. There wasn't any doubt in their mind or like in your dad's mind or in, like, in that kind of passed over to yourself yeah. to not give you that doubt, which then obviously give you a massive confidence, obviously playing against, like train with lads who are two, three years older than you yeah. every single day. Having that over a, a one-year period, two-year period, and especially when a lot of lads your age aren't getting that experience. They're still yeah. at school. They're still only training with their age group. They like stand you in, like obviously it's, help you progress really really well there. I was also, when was i was sorry mate i was going, sorry mate. You know, Go obviously dead fortunate what you just said there like obviously for me leaving early was it's harsh as well for, for you lads because i know that i'm training every day with with all the lads and people my age my mates who i've grew up with like yourself or at school it's kind of like that's where i'm fortunate you know that's where that's where a bit of luck as well you know if i didn't have a head teacher who who trusted us and obviously george Ice at, at the academy who who would let us do it you know like you said before a lot of schools would be like no chance he ain't leaving school here early you can maybe do mm-hmm. two days a week at football but he ain't not coming back to school so like you said you're touching it there mate very fortunate i was back then and and had the opportunity that some lads didn't have i mean i don't know if it got us to the extra level as quick but like you said it's um it's definitely paid off for us at that age well i thought it did and yeah and it's worked, mate. So happy days. Yeah, it's 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 probably the fact that you pushed. Y'all getting forced like out of your comfort zone a little bit because obviously our age group's very much your comfort zone. Even maybe playing one year above because you were kind of exposed to that quite young. Yeah, it's probably in your comfort zone. But again, leaving school, which is like shit. Like, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, and then getting thrown into like reserves under 18s every single day with two lads two three even like maybe five years only if you're getting yeah. trained with reserves. Getting forced into that environment straight away probably. Like, it, it almost makes that the norm earlier on, whereas when I'm leaving school at 16, going full-time at 17, the norm for me is training with my age group, not training with the other lads. And, like, obviously, you've had that extra year, and the norm for you is, oh, I'm training with reserves every day. This is normal. Like, and then when you come back with us, it's like, this is a piece of piss, this. Like, mm-hmm. this is no pressure kind of yeah. thing. And you touch on it there about, like, what it would be like for us lads when you're leaving school. Like, I remember when Freddie came in and obviously yeah, yeah. he was full-time and very, I found it so frustrating the yeah. fact that he, I knew he was getting trained daily kind of thing, yeah. especially with the like first team reserves, like academy kind of setup. I was like, he's getting, even when I was injured as well, like I'm, I was just thinking he, the amount of extra days that that, that you lads are getting yeah, kind of yeah. thing, which is nothing against you because like, yeah. 
I didn't I didn't like hate you for it, but it's just frustrating for myself. Well, I would have been the same. Like, user, obviously. Yeah, I would have I would have been the same. And I just well, I'd be like, how's he getting the chance and I'm not? Like, yeah, it, it was. It's almost tough. like an, yeah, un, it's an unfa not like an unfair advantage, but it is in a sense because mm -hmm. I felt like I was doing right. Obviously, I had the injuries and stuff like that as well, but I felt like I was doing all right. But there was nothing I could really do about it. Yeah. In a sense, because I hadn't been offered that opportunity, I couldn't really go in and say. Why aren't I doing this? And especially, it's another thing to talk about, like young lads coming to coaches and saying about things. Because yeah. I would, I was never the type of person to do that. I didn't think I had it in me until I got a bit older and kind of got the confidence. But I was never kind of felt like I could. I had the right to say that. Yeah. Um. It was one of them things that they had to come to you and say, like, right now we want to take you to the next level. Yeah. Um. So when was your first taste of first team training? How old were you? Um, I think first, I was, I think first I, ever session. Th I think I was fifteen. Um, obviously, we had we had college days, didn't we? When we got into football on yeah. Wednesday, every Wednesday. But obviously, for me being a year a year earlier, obviously I was with all the kids, and obviously I think I was like I was with the likes of Smithy, only Quinny back in the day, um, Alex Gilliard. You know, it was weird. It was just sitting in the classroom. I remember the first day on the Wednesday. And obviously we'd never train on a Wednesday. And I think it was, I think it might have been Dave Watson came in and was like, Omar, can you come here? Like in front of everyone, in front of the class. And like I went outside. He's like, oh yeah, um, you need to go at the top end because you're training with the first team. And I was like, yeah. whoa, like just shocked straight away. <laughs> like so much pressure. All of, all of this training that you've led up to is today. Like everything you've led up to, you know, the, the hard work. I'm about to train with the first team. Like, couldn't believe it. Everything was just a blur. By putting my boots on, running up to the top end, it was it was just come so quick. And like you said, to get to get that moment at 15 to train with the first team was like, wow, this is this is what I've this is what I've wanted. You know, I, I, was, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't a shy kid. I wasn't like, right, I'm gonna hide now. I'm not gonna get on the ball. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak to people. I'm gonna like, obviously. You had the likes of Stephen Taylor, Tim Cruel, and you no know, Ryan Taylor, the likes of them, Paul Dummett, who just took us in straight away on the first session. I thought this is this is crazy, you know, and to have them sessions with the likes of obviously Ben Arthur and people like that was like, well, this is this is what I want to do. This is this is where I want to be, and you know, from having that session, kind of just being like, well, I don't want to play with these older kids anymore. I want to be with the first team. I don't want to be training with two or three years like the reserves and the 18s. I want to, I want to be first team. I've had, I've had a taste of it now. I want to, I want to be there every day. And that was kind of my attitude coming back into the 18s football and into the 23s. It was like, right, I need to perform again to just keep training with the first team. And luckily enough, I had that and had that with Pardew, who, who got on really well with us and, and give us that opportunity. Yeah. So you got like again that mentality kind of thing that like you need to maintain a certain level that you can't drop back down to the under eighteen mentality or level because you you've been up there, you need to stay up there. Yeah. Like whether it's dropping back down, playing a few games for the eighteen, but you need to score a hat trick or you need to score yeah. two goals or you need to get two assists kind of thing. You can obviously tell that you had that in your in your head. And obviously you mentioned about I I forgot that like phrase the top end. I remember when yeah, somebody yeah. used to like golly George I saw like goalkeeper coach Chris Tate or something used to come in and say, right, Ben, yeah, we need you at the top end in like half an hour's time. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, you get that like, little, I'd get that little sickly feeling, but it's obviously, it's a good feeling, that nerves. 
Um, but I think some lads get them nerves and deal with them in certain ways. Like there's lads who we played with who you can tell when they're on the ball, they're just so nervous. But then like, I talked to Sean about it last week when he was playing with the 23s and the 18s and stuff. He just felt like it was a piece of piss. Like in his mind, he wasn't really like nervous in any yeah. sort of way. And he was talking about when he obviously played for the first team against Man City, he, he looked at Aguero's boots and he said like, he looked at his, looked at his boots and said, they're just normal boots that you can buy from like sports direct. Like he's nothing special kind of thing. It's that like, mentality, like finding ways to make things seem normal. Whereas, like I, I think I got quite bad anxiety for football in them sort of situations. Like, some there was times I had good days, sometimes I had bad days. But I think everyone deals with it differently. So you were obviously your mentality was obviously right. I've got this opportunity. I'm not going to hide. I'm going to go and go and show myself. Yeah. Where do you think that came from? Do you think like just because you were kind of always put in them situations from a young age, do you feel like that's why you had that mentality? Was it something that you, your dad was always big on? Or um, I think my dad drilled it into us, but I think growing up as well, obviously I touched on it before by having a winning man- mentality straight away through boys club. Obviously my manager, Colin Wotherspoon, who was, who was brilliant at the time, he was just constantly wants to win. And at that age group is, is massive now. You wouldn't get that now, I don't think. I don't think you'd go back mm-hmm. to an under eight or under nines and be like, go and watch a session and everyone's just constantly the high intensity. You want to win. I don't think it would be like that now. But like I said, I was lucky enough to have that winning mentality growing up and wanted to work hard. I always got put in different situations where I need to perform. I always had to be the best. Um, like you said, growing up, I, I had different obstacles come across. You know, obviously playing with taller lads, I had to be, I had to stand out every day, every session. It was, it was hard. Um, you know, and like you said, I, I had that from, as soon as I had that first training session with the first team, it was kind of like, right, this is where I want to be. This is what I've worked so hard for. This is what I've come out yeah, yeah, early for school for. This is it. Like, this is where I want to be. Like, mm-hmm. I had that opportunity so early and I kind of just took it from there, mate, and had the right people around us and the right mates, like, for yourself and obviously the other lads in the group, they weren't like, they weren't dead bitter, you know, they weren't, I wasn't coming back down, speaking to you and be like, or almost a dickhead now, like he's been with the first team. It's kind of like, yous are still me mates. It was still like, you know what, almost still here. Like he's not, he hasn't changed kind of thing. And I think growing up, I think you see a lot of people who go big time, who who have trained with the first team, they yeah. come back down and be like, oh, I'm better than all yous, you know? And I, I never had that attitude. I was never, never thought I was better than anyone else. In my mind I did, but I didn't express that. Do you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. dick around my mates or nothing. And I think that's kind of got us to where I am today. And, Hopefully everyone still thinks, oh, oh my, he's a, he's a likable kid and that's what I, what's what I want to be known for, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you do have to have that ego, but tears, like, you need to have it in your own head. You need to have that ego in terms of, like, yeah, I'm the fucking best player here. Like, I'm, I'm going to go out there and prove why I'm the best player here. But you've also got to be down to earth. Like, is it, like, you, you see now, like, you've came on the podcast and we haven't spoken, what, like, three, I mean, two, three years? I can't remember the last time we spoke. And the same with Sean, obviously, I've done last week. And there's been a few other lads who I've messaged and heard nothing. Other, open the message and not replied. Yeah. It's kind of like, it, it is easy to kind of let things go to your head and think that like, obviously, like I said before, you can think that you're better than people, but you, you've got to still be down to earth. You've got to be friendly with people. You can't just because you think you're better than someone doesn't mean that you're not going to go and speak to them kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, which for young footballers is something that probably need a, a lot of lads need to learn especially I think the club that we had because everyone was local like I said it wasn't too bad but when you go to the Man Cities Man United Arsenal's like even like big clubs like that there's probably a lot more egos in there and pro- I don't I don't know I've, ne- I've never been to them so I don't know what the lads are like they might all be sound but 
there probably is a lot more egos and maybe lads don't speak to you because oh he's in my position and I'm better than him I'm not going to speak to him sort of thing yeah um so being able to control that that ego which I'll touch on as well obviously you getting into the first team at a young age there's probably a lot it's probably is very easy for you to let it get to your head and kind of even going out in public and thinking oh I'm the man kind of thing I'm 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 only 16 17 I'm with the first team and all my mates are don't know, doing apprenticeships or they've yeah. gone to college and stuff like that, you can kind of pile them off in a sense. So what was it like for you? Obviously, you broke, was it your debut? You were 17, if I'm not Seven, correct. Yeah, yeah, 17, just turned 17. So I remember, actually, I remember seeing it on Twitter and I texted you straight afterwards. It was yeah. Fulham, wasn't it? I yeah, think it was yeah. Fulham. Yeah. What was, what? first of all, what was that like in terms of, don't know, getting told that you're in the squad first, like firstly, and then also yeah. coming off the bench? Uh, crazy. Um, I had, I had a taste of it a couple of weeks before that. We had a we had a cup game against Morgan and I was away with I was away with England at the time and I remember my England coach coming up to us and being like, Oh man, I need to speak to you and I was thinking, This is weird, like what's going on? Like an England coach yeah. never say that. And he was like, I've had Podge on the phone, like he wants you to go to Morgan to be in the squad. And I was just like, What? Like I've just been called for England. I'm going to before the first team, Newcastle. So I went to meet them and Obviously, I was in the change rooms and I remember Podio pulling us aside and be like, look, I just want to show you like how well you've been doing. I'm not going to put you on the bench today, but I want you to sit and watch and experience everything in the changing rooms, how, how we work. And and from then, was just was just crazy. I was on the bench against Norwich the week after. And then I think it was a couple of weeks after I made my debut against Fulham. I remember just running along the sideline, warming up. And you know, I think it was John Carver shouting down the line. Like, as in, like, say, come here. But there was three of us warming up, so I was like, he's definitely not waving at me. Like, because I think, I can't remember who was next to us at the time, but anyway. So I was like, me? And he's like, yeah, you. So I was, like, sprinting down the lane, thinking, well, this is mental. It was just a rush of blood, like, didn't even think about it. Just put my shin pads on, and I was and I was on. Like, that was it. And like I said, I had a, I had a few nice touches straight away, so that kind of got us into the game. And I think I had a few shots in that, but... Unluckily enough, I think we got beat that game one 0 and from there that was that was kind of the kickstart really, and that was kind of where I was training with the first team every day, every day, and in their change room, and that was it was crazy, and the the feeling I can't, obviously can't say how good it was, you know, it was to be a local lad making your debut in front of all the away end was 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 crazy, and they were all singing my name, and like I said, it's it's still. All the massively, I all Padre massively from beginning my debut, and I'll never forget that moment ever. Newcastle mm-hmm. fans love a local lad coming yeah. on as well, don't they? They absolutely love a local lad coming on, which probably probably does help you quite a bit and give you the confidence of their shouting the name. But do you feel there's, there was anything? Like, I don't know if you did some mental preparation or anything like psychologically that you think so anything that helps you kind of deal with the pressure because obviously coming on. When you were a young lad, it was it on TV. I don't know if it was on TV or anything like that. Like that sort of pressure, even just being in front of or Craven College, maybe like thirty thousand yeah. people or something. I don't know how many's there. Like, is there anything that you do or in your head that you think about in even any high pressure situations? Um, it's no, mate, not really. It's it's weird. Like I've always had that mindset of just like focus on yourself. Like I've always had that. I don't know. I don't know where it's come from. Maybe it's obviously my dad growing up, and I never ever cared what people think. Like. Mm-hmm. Touch on again, growing up, being always the littlest one. Back in my mind, I cared about it, but I didn't express it. I didn't like, didn't mourn about it. And it's the same for fans. Like, obviously, 
there's so much pressure on a young lad coming on and making his debut and everyone's thinking, oh, he's the next big thing. Like, um, so much pressure on him to do big things now. And I just never, like, never really took it in. I never really, all the negatives I never took in. I just got on with my life and got on with my mates and my family. And, you know, it kept us grounded and kept us like, look, focus on yourself and you'll get there, you'll get there one day and kind of like, this is mental and touch on it then. I never really, like I said, I never really take the negatives. I never really get down about it. Mentally, I'm always, I'm always quite stable, I think. But like you said, as you get older and you start playing games every week, then that's when the pressure starts. Like I was still a young lad mm-hmm. coming on from the bench. Like I, I wasn't starting. I wasn't, I didn't have that pressure of like, right, I need to perform from the minute go. Every time I come on from Newcastle, I feel like there was never any pressure on us because we were either getting beat or I just came on for the last 10 minutes. Like, there was no pressure. Like, that's what I, that's how I felt. And I think I showed that on the pitch. I never never shied away from the ball. I, I never, you know, I was always, always wanted to make something happen. And I'm still like that today. So, yeah. So what was it like when you, when was your first start, like starting debut? And at home, especially at St. James's, when was your first... Uh, I, never, I never started at St. James's. It was weird. It was funny. Um, my first start was... Mm, was it the cup game? The cup game. I think it was, it was either Crystal Palace away in the cup or mm-hmm. it was Man U away on Boxing Day. <laughs> That's a big one. That was, That's a big one. That was crazy. Like, I remember... Yeah, what was that like then the night before then? Oh, mate. I remember Pardew pulling us three days before. The the game yeah. was like, Adam, you're gonna start against Man U on Boxing Day, and I was just like, I was just nodding my head to him. I was like, oh, like yeah, all right, sound. Went away, and the night before, mate, like the day before Christmas, I couldn't eat my Christmas dinner. I was like, I'm so nervous. That was the very first time I've been like, shit, like, mm-hmm. Old Trafford, Man U, like, like probably the best team in the world at the time. I was like, is this is this mental? And I just, honestly, mate, I couldn't eat my food. I was, we traveled on Christmas night. Obviously got a private plane down to, to Manchester. Like that was my first taste of it. And that's when the pressure started. That's when I was like, right, you're going to have to perform. Like, but then again, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, I'm, I've always performed. I've always been good at performing. I've always done well. And he's, he's put this pressure on me, but I'm going to show you that, I, like, that I'm capable of playing. And, like I said, I think we ended up getting B3-1, uh, but i done pretty well. Came off in the 70th minute and, like you said, from there I've just kicked on again. You know, I just kept playing and, and doing well. So, brilliant. Yeah. I always, fe- I always felt like when I got nervous before games, especially when I got told, like, like a big game maybe, like, I think I got told for the, I remember the FA Youth Cup game, the first, yeah. that was the first, that was my under-18 debut. I never played for the 18s until the FA against Barnsley. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Away at their place. And I remember I got told... About a week and a half before that, I was going to be playing, and obviously I'd never, I hadn't even played a friendly for in the ratings, man. I only played under 16s because I was only, I think I was my first year scholar, and I was, I think Freddie and who else was? I can't remember. There was another keeper there who who played most of the games, so I never played. But I remember like it's it was like a mental battle with myself. Like there was times I was like, oh my god, I, I'm gonna play. I'm like my like. I'm I'm gonna make a mistake. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. But then it was like, no, nah, right, you're good enough. And it was just kind of like up and down, yeah. Like for the the mental battle with myself for the the, the week up and coming to it. And then it's kind of one of them things where you're in the game. You kind of think, like, especially when you get your first touch of the ball, you yeah. kind of forget about it. Is it a kind of sort of sort of similar thing to you? Kind of 
mental battle up and down or was it kind of you always just had the confidence no I, I always had the confidence but I was still shit me pants in the back of my head do you know what I mean like every, <laughs> every touch matters do you know what I mean like my first touch was I still remember it I remember Johnny Evans marking us getting right up my arse straight away and I thought wow this is so different to 23s 18s football like this isn't this is intense um and from then really just that's when I kind of knew that I had to be on my game every every second like no matter whether it was a five-yard pass or a big diag like everything had to be perfect and and from then I kind of think like you've just got to keep working hard every day like which I did anyway you know growing up I, I did work hard every day but that was a real first taste of first team football being like, right, you've seen how well these cope and how well mentally the cope, like I had to take advice off people like that. And, and like I said, mentally, it didn't really affect us as much like losing the ball and, and people getting on us and being the youngest player to play. It was like, I've just got to just keep getting on with it and, and just take things how it comes really and, and keep performing when I can. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it is. Like, football is a massive mental game, which we'll touch on, obviously, dealing with the kind of mental side of being consistent, especially in the league that you are playing now, playing like league football. There's a lot of games you have to be mentally prepared and be switched on for every single game. So, obviously, you you had your time a little bit with the first team, and I think you were kind of playing 23s most of the time, and then you yeah. know, and then you went on loan to Coventry, yeah. which I remember, I remember seeing it, I was watching... In having breakfast and stuff and seeing it on Sky Sports and you were banging. You had, did you score a hat trick on your debut? I can't remember what it was, but you had a decent uh, good run in the start. The start of the. I scored. I scored two on my, on my debut. We won two one, and then I scored the two the week after. And then mate, I just mm -hmm. kept on scoring. Like it was, it was crazy. I was like, I kind of just took that mentality from getting on with the first team, like getting on every ten minutes or whatever it was, and then playing twenty three, scoring. I kind of took that twenty threes football and coming on from the first team, I kind of took that confidence into, into Coventry. I was like, I knew it was obviously men's football week in, week out, like points, every point mattered. Like people are playing for the win bonuses, people are playing for the lives, people are playing to pay the mortgages. That's what I learned from, from Coventry, from men's football. And I kind of just took that 23s mentality of just playing football. Like there's no pressure, that, which there wasn't at 23s. And I took that into my first game of Coventry. I just took it into... It's a normal game, like. But then, as it as it got on, it was like, right, your goals are mattering to every, to every player, to the fans, everything, you know. And kind of took that experience was was amazing, and to play forty odd games at seven, seventeen, eighteen was was huge, and obviously scored I scored quite a lot of goals as well, which which helped us in my career now. So, yeah. like you said, I went from that twenty threes football to first team quite quick, um, and. Like I said, I could have shied away from it and been like, whoa, this is too much, but I kind of dealt with it pretty pretty well and, um, and had a good season at Coventry, so it was was brilliant. Yeah, did you find it mentally hard? Obviously, we take pretty much two games a week all the time. Did you find it mentally hard, obviously, like dealing with the highs and lows of the two games in a week and mentally preparing for it? Or did it kind of like, did you feel like you just, it was maybe a little bit tough to start and then you got into just like a rhythm and got used to it in a sense? Um, did you find it? Yeah, well, like you said, it's a, it kind of took us back to being 12, 13, training every night, like training three times a week. And, but that's all, like, that's all I knew still growing up. Like that's playing football every day. I, I wanted to have more games at that age. I was like, now, now I'm a bit like, Oh, two games a week. It's, a, it's getting a bit much like, <laughs> but now it's like back then it was just like, 
right? You're playing two games a week. Like it is, it's a lot, you know, but you kind of understand when you grow up and you come through first year football, it's like your recovery is important and it's so well, well drilled in here. Whilst back at 23s, 18s, the fitness side wasn't really, wasn't really huge, was it? And yeah, every sort of stuff. And it was kind of first team football where you get that, right, you need to recover, right? You have the day off here, you have a day off there, you're recovering every day. It's mentally, I kind of coped with it all right at the start. And it kind of got, got a lot better during the season, knowing that I was playing two games a week. And like you said, mentally, I took that, I took that well as it got on, but straight away it was kind of like, oh, Two games a week, like against men, was kind of like this is this is this is tough. This is hard. Um, but towards the end, I, I cope with it. Cope with it well, I think. Yeah. Is there anything you do outside of football to help you kind of switch off from it and relax mentally? Is there anything that you do outside? Um, no, not really. I just kind of just, just chill out, you know. I just try and get my mind off it. That, that's what I've learned from playing week in, week out. Every game matters. The pressure so much, mate, on, on week on weekdays and on game days. And when you come home, I don't want to come home to my missus and, and be like just so moody and miserable. And you're know, just sitting on the sitting on the sofa, not speaking to her. And I kind of picked that up from an early age. I didn't want to constantly be mad with my dad and my mom and my brother. And I didn't want to. I kind of just switched off straight away, mate. As soon as the game finished, obviously have in the change rooms, be disappointed, be upset you got beat. But as soon as you're out the stadium. Time to switch off, like time to go again the next day. You know, you've got you got that that day off and that rest to kind of recover and see your mates. You know, and mm-hmm. kind of forget about kind of forget about football for a bit. And that's what I've learned mm-hmm. loads growing up, like playing week in week out, to forget about the pressure and let the pressure come when you're training all week. Like on a Saturday, the pressure so much, just just after it, relax, like. The pressure's low, yeah. mate. So I'd say that, yeah. Just switch off from football and and kind of just chill out. Don't think about it too much. Yeah. Then it does get mentally tough when you're constantly mm-hmm. thinking, "Oh, should have made that pass. Oh, I should have shot then. Could have scored there. Should have scored there." Fans are getting on us. Like you got to switch off, mate. Otherwise, you just drive yourself mentally mad. So yeah, I think I did that a lot when I was younger, especially with mistakes I'd made. They'd like be looped in my head before I'd be going to sleep. Even the next day, I looped. But kind of the older I got, a little bit better I got of it. But you can take that into like real life and anything. Like with what I'm doing at the minute, my brain's constantly working, working. But I need you need to kind of give yourself even just one day off completely. Now I try and have Saturdays to at least like switch off. Like I do the football on a Saturday, but then the night time I'm just like not even thinking about anything. I try not to use my phone. I try and switch off completely, yeah. which I think is hard. And especially with football, because most of the lads who play football have been passionate about football since they were like, what, four or five years old. And it's literally, you get home after a game on a Saturday and football's on TV and Sunday football's on TV kind of thing. It's, it's everywhere. And I think I learned to kind of, I, need, I needed when I was playing full time to completely switch off from it because it's intense, especially when you're training and then you're doing like analysis and stuff in the afternoon or that you're doing watching your clips back and you're, and you're constantly, you're constantly when you're, it's like work, you're just constant football, football, football. And when you get home, you don't want to be watching football. And like, I always found that like I was better when I switched off. Obviously I'd watch like the Champions League and the big games like that, but I'd be, I'd try and watch it as a spectator. Yeah. But even then your brain's still thinking like, think like for me, I'm not going to keep it and think, oh, look at his position in there. Yeah. Like there is, t- you just need to, you just need to have time away from it. Like whether it's like go and play golf, go out with your mates. Um, obviously some some lads 
go on like nights out and stuff like that, which every so often I don't feel is a bad thing. You, yeah. you need it. Obviously, when the season's intense and you're having two games a week, you need time to recover. So it's probably not a good idea, but you need time to completely switch off. Because um, it is, I can imagine it being very mentally drained, especially at your kind of level where there is a lot, a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on yourself. Do you, do you think about it a lot in terms of like going into a game, maybe there's like you're against a team who's kind of maybe in like playoff places or maybe when in your time where you're close to the relegation zone you're like right we need fuck, we need these three points or else we're like we're in trouble here or we need these three points and now we're going to be in a better position do you ever think about that or do you just go into a game and kind of think right today's another game and we just need to win and I just need to do my best yeah I've always thought I've always went into games just thinking about myself and my team just thinking right put on the best performance you can because you need the three points but in the little bits on the side go along with that anyway you know you've got the gaffer and the coach and staff all like all talking about it saying oh you need to win like it's kind of hard you know you need to, you need to take that pressure off um we had a few instances last season where we were near the playoffs mate like three points off it and mm-hmm. we just like which is the pressure just got too much for what i think you know we just kind of just couldn't get there you know we was we always so close and just couldn't quite get in there but like you said it's um a lot of lads take pressure differently you know we've got a lot of lads who who see psychologists and you know who, who who don't take the pressure too well and like I said I've, I've seen I've seen that a lot in football now I've seen a lot of people break down and because it is tough mate it's it's very tough you know everything matters um, and like you said I, I've been lucky enough to have the right people around us you know obviously my my missus and my family and my friends I've I've been lucky enough to kind of just just switch off from football when when I'm not playing you know mm-hmm. you see lads struggle but thankfully I'm, I'm the one who, who takes it all right I think I like to think so anyway yeah has there ever been a time where you've been close to kind of like struggle maybe you've had like a bad run of games or maybe you're, you're in and out the team not not performing how you how you want to perform is there any times you've been like that Um, not really mate I've always been like when I'm not playing I'm always like I'll show you why I'm not playing do you know what I mean the next day I'll show you yeah. why I should be playing and that's kind of what I've been all my life mate I've kind of like just wanted to prove people wrong and and I've never, I'm never, I've never been dead salty when I'm not playing. I've never been, I've never been a dick. I've never like, it's not in my nature. Um, and kind of just get on with it, man. And just like you said, when I'm not playing, when I'm in and out of the team, it is hard to take. And you see, you see people struggle, and it's hard. It's hard, you know. It's it's a it's a hard life. And like you said, it's tough decisions. You know, the gaffer's got to make a decision on whether you're playing or not. He's his job's on the line, you know. And and it's that's kind of what I've realised growing up. You know, coming into men's football, it's like. Every little thing matters. Even in training, yeah. if you if you want to try and training, if you're just fucking about and training, not making a good pass or not working hard, everyone's on to you. You know that's that's and that's the that's kind of how I want it to be. I don't want it to be easy, oozy, you know, just training every day, not wanting to get better. You know, I'm still 23. I want to want to get better. Want to be at the top, you know. And like you said, some lads are different, but thankfully enough, again, I've got the right people around us and. To keep switched on and just keep wanting it. Yeah, you can tell you've got the hunger kind of thing, and like you said, a lot of lads do get comfortable. Like even at a certain level, like maybe even the first professional contract, or maybe they've had a good season. Like they've probably had that hunger at the start of the season, going through the whole season, had a decent season, got to the summer, they've got another contract, and they're thinking, you know what, I'm I'm happy here. I'm kind of just yeah. I'll keep myself ticking over, and then I'll get another contract, and I'll just keep at this level. But 
to have that kind of mentality to keep yourself going because in football it is so easy because you're getting good money like yeah. it's stupid money at football for what for what you're doing kind of thing and if you kind of have maybe one or two good seasons and you get a decent contract somewhere you are you can just cruise it and there's lads who get like five six year contracts places on good money and they kind of just just take it easy they, they get out the team they're not asked they're just yeah, like oh yeah. doesn't really bother me I like and then I'll like, it gets to five years and my contract's up because of what I've done in the past and because of my agent, I'll get another team and I'll do the same thing sort of thing. So that's, frust- that's the thing that frustrates me about football. Like it can, you can, that can happen. But I think going through kind of different pe- like periods in football, kind of even dropping down levels kind of makes you realise how fortunate you are, which is one thing that's taught me. Like if I ever got that opportunity again, I would fucking, I wouldn't take it for granted kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which is something like any young footballers that I like coach or like train or anything like that I always say to them I've had a few during lockdown I say to them that, like don't get don't get comfortable at playing 23s football don't get comfortable playing under 18s yes you've got a two year professional contract but that two years will fly by very very quickly and at the end of it like the position I'm in like I struggled to get a team after I got a team but then injuries and stuff broke down and then I'm I'm, I'm at where I am today and there's other lads who, who get contracts and I know I'm playing at all anymore and they're, yeah. they're doing don't know, like engineering or something. I don't know, and it's a complete reality hit. Yeah. And I speak to them now, and they're like, "I know it's like I didn't see myself doing it." Yeah. So, like, you're you're very fortunate. You've had that mentality. You've had the people around you, and you've just kicked on. Yeah. And you're right where you're at today, which is like a big lesson for a lot of lot of lads. If there's any young footballers or anybody in any sort of career, like, never get complacent. Never get kind of stuck at a certain level. Yeah. And just keep on keep keep on pushing forward. So obviously after Coventry, you had a few loan spells. You had was it Barnsley and Bolton? Barnsley and Bolton. And they obviously went. Then you went to Blackburn after. Obviously at the end, and ended up signing. What were they, what, how, what was the difference in kind of level? Because you jumped up a league, um, and also was there a difference in terms of your experience at the different clubs compared? To obviously Coventry. Um. Yeah. Well, like you said, I went from Coventry who were in League One. Um. Then the season after I was, that was probably the toughest time there because it was like. Newcastle, that was the year Newcastle got relegated to the championship. Yeah. See, I found it so hard, mate, that they wanted us to go on loan to another championship club. Like, at that stage, I just didn't get it. I was like, because they, st- they stopped us from going, like, to teams that were in and around Newcastle at the time. So I think at yeah. the time, I played the first four games, I think, under Benitez. I came on a sub. And then that's when they said, oh, we want you to go on loan. But you can only go alone to certain clubs in the championship. At the time, I remember it was like Wigan, Barnsley, uh, I think maybe in Sheffield Wednesday. It's like, but those other clubs interested, like higher up, that they wouldn't let us go to. And I was like, well, it was weird. It was like, that's, I found that so mentally hard to take. I was like, you're stopping me from going to better clubs because, because you're in the same division. Like, why can't you just keep me here and I'll prove to you why I can play in this league? And it was kind of like yeah. when I had to go on loan to Barnsley, and obviously I, I still look back at Barnsley and think I, you know, I had a great time. I met some great people, and I don't know, I don't know, right there, mate. I played thirty, I think it was thirty-six games. I think I scored what eight or nine goals. You know, it wasn't great, but like you said, it was having that, it was having that playing week in week out with Coventry to being in and out of the team, Barnsley. You know, everything jumping up to the championship, and like I said, I coped with it well at the time, and. But like, then again, mate, it's like it was tough to take, you know, not being on the team one week, playing the other week, having a good run, then getting took out of the team. And, you know, it was just obviously different managers made different 
everyone has different opinions and, and it was the same with Bolton when I went to Bolton. Um that was another that was another tough loan, mate. Um I think I only stayed there till January. Um got to the club, mate. I met I met with a manager, it was uh, I think it was Parkinson at the time. Met him on pre season with Newcastle, met him in Scotland. Or Ireland, I think it was Ireland. Uh came to the hotel. Me agent was like, look, the the, the manager of Bolton wants to meet you. Um said everything sold like sold as a dream to come to Bolton. You know, he said 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 everything right. This is you're gonna play up front, like you're gonna be the main man. As soon as I got there, it was just the complete opposite. Like playing on the wing, like just wasn't the same. Like you just sold as a lie, really. And that I kind of struggled at Bolton because I didn't play every week. You know, he, Bolton got promoted that year, so he had his favourites in the team from that year. You know, who got him there, which was which was I had nothing against. You know, they they done so well to get you to the championship, and, and like you said, he, he had his favourites, and that 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 was probably the hardest the hardest spell. You know, not not being in the squad, and that was the first time I was never playing. You know, I was like getting left out of the squad mm. and stuff, and I was thinking, wow, this is this is crazy. And like you said, I, I only stayed there till January, and that was mentally tough at the time. And like you said, I had the right people around us at the time to think, look, Adam, you're still, you're still a great player. You know, you're still, you're still yourself. And like you said, I had that chance to go to Blackburn and and, and look where I am now. It's, um, it's it's probably the best thing that's happened. Yeah. This is yet again, like another little kind of, not a barrier, like a little hurdle to jump over. Because I think a lot of lads could have just kept, kind of got their head like down looking at the ground kept on going like a downward slope and saying, right, maybe I'm not good enough to go to this level, but again, you let the mentality kind of shows through and then you've obviously went to Blackburn and kicked on and you're playing week in, week out in there. But what was it like leaving, obviously leaving your castle because you went on loan to Blackburn, came to the end of the season then you obviously signed for them. What was that like? Was uh, it a little bit kind of sad? It's like an end of an era in a sense, being there for so long. Yeah, but I f- yeah, was it? it was, but I, ne- I still feel I never had a proper chance in your castle. You know, I never, I never once had two or three games on the bounce where I started. Like, I never I never mm-hmm. had that opportunity, but look, I thank everything that's happened there. You know, I, I have got no bad words to say about it, but like you said, it was hard leaving, you know, your boys your boys club, uh, who you grew up loving. Um, the opportunity came, mate, where Blackburn wanted to buy and it was one of them. Was was I going to play at Newcastle at the time? I, I wasn't quite sure. And like I said, I think for me, it's probably been the best decision that I've made. Um, it could have went the other way, mate. It could have went... Oh, I should have stayed in Newcastle. Like I could have just stayed yeah. stayed in the squads and maybe he's not as played as much, but mate, I'm I think I'm twenty three, mate. I think I've played over two hundred games now and that's that's what I want, mate. That's what I want. I wanna be playing week in, week out. I wanna keep playing, keep getting better. And last season I had a really good season and like I said, I've just gotta to, gotta to keep that going and, and get get to the top. Yeah. How important in your kind of, I don't know, decision or in terms of confidence, was it that like a team actually wanted to come in and buy you rather than obviously having Newcastle where you were like in and out the team, like they weren't like they weren't giving you a definite answer and saying like, right, we want you in two years time to be our number one strike striker. We want you to play every week and week out. That you didn't have that, but whereas Blackburn obviously came in and said, like, we want to buy you. We want we actually want you. How how much of a confidence boost is that when a team actually gives you that kind of that thought? Yeah, huge, mate. Like to know a club once you and wants to buy, it was was amazing. You know, and I, I never knew, I, I knew nothing else. You know, I was playing for Newcastle. Like that's that's all I knew. And obviously going on loan and stuff, I knew I was still a Newcastle player, so it was kind of like, oh, 
I've done well for you, but I'm still a Newcastle player. It was it was weird. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, to get a club who actually wants you and the fans love you and everyone want, everyone wants you to become a part of their club was kind of like, well, I can't I, I can't turn that down, you know. And I've got every every good way to say about Newcastle, every good thing to say about Blackburn. Like it's worked out so well, mate. And I've got to just keep keep grounded still because I know I'm still young and I've just got to keep working hard and and uh, keep putting performances on really. Yeah. Because that was that was one thing I found like when I even when I left Newcastle and I went on trial places and I went when I was playing in Scotland kind of thing I never felt one I just felt like I was kind of there it, like maybe when I first went on trial places the kind of the first maybe few days they were like right we want you this is what we see this is what we want from you in the next few years this is what we're looking for and we think you're gonna be perfect for it but then as the time kind of passes you kind of I kind of felt like a faded and I kind of just felt like a spare part whereas at the minute where I'm, I'm playing training at the minute, I kind of feel wanted, in a sense, and it gives me a confidence boost, like I've never felt like, so confident going on the pitch, sort of thing, playing at the minute, compared to have, I mean, when I went to Scotland, I was playing, and playing at Morton, it was the worst I've ever played, like I, I was looking back, I was like, how, how was like last year, I was at Newcastle, and I was training every single day, with the first team, I was doing this, that and the other, I was, I was in the squads for a few things, like, how was I doing that like two two years ago and I'm here now and I kinda of kick a ball straight on the pitch. I literally couldn't I literally couldn't kick a ball, couldn't kick a goal kick on, on the pitch. It was three in a row in a game. I was like, what? Like mentally just completely gone. Did you have you ever had like a little period like that where these things haven't Yeah went yeah well? It's hard, you know, like when you when things don't happen for you, especially as a striker, you know, you get you every yeah. just to get a goal or get an assist or like it's it's hard when you when you're not doing that, it's like oh, this is hard, but I've always had that mentality, mate. Like I said, a winning mentality from young and I've always wanted to do well and I never really let it get to us. You know, I missed a few shots. It's not going to, well, it's not the end of the world, you know. It's not like mm-hmm. you've got another, ch- you, you know, you might have 10 chances and miss, but that one chance you get, you score. You know, it's, yeah, kind of, and you win the game, get three points. You know, it's it's hard for a striker, but like you said, you've just got to keep going work and things will happen for you, you know. It's the same for offsides. Keep making runs and you're offside. Keep making runs and that one run you're not offside, you, you go through and score. You know, it's it's kind of just got to take everything as it comes and, and keep working hard. Yeah, you've got to have some resilience, like to be an, like an athlete in any sport. It's just got to be mental resilience because you're gonna have you're gonna have more setbacks than you are gonna have positives, really. But the positives are gonna always outweigh the setbacks. Definitely. But like you said, there's so many lads that mentally can struggle with it, with the, even just the littlest of setback. Um, that it can just not the confidence and you can just go downhill. But you can see from like I said before, with your mentality and how you've you've always been hungry, you've had that resilience and you've always had the opportunities which you've been very fortunate for, but you've always took them. You've never shied away from them, which is something a lot of young lads, even all the footballers and stuff can or anybody in general can kind of take yeah. take forward and, and learn from, definitely. So we'll finish off with the, the three questions, which I know you've had a little little look at, which I've been asking everybody. So Three questions. The first one is three people you, that you would like to invite round for dinner or go out for a coffee with. Past or present as well. I, forget, I always forget to mention that past or present. Yeah, it's a good one, that. Um, I'd have to go Messi. Yeah. Um, I'm a big golf fan, so I'd definitely have Tiger Woods there. And yeah. I'd also bring Conor McGregor. I think or I think you'd have a lot of stories, you know, a lot of a lot of good things and obviously there's there's three legends, isn't it? Three legends of the sports and yeah. I'd definitely 
be a bit of banter, wouldn't it? So it'd be great. Uh, be, Conor McGregor would bring a bit of banter. Like he'd be, he'd be nuts to have around your house. It would never be the same again if you had him around. He'd, he'd absolutely tear it up. But a solid three. So next one, three people you just want to train with. So uh, it can be obviously football related or because obviously a yeah, fitness background, you can do gym related as well if you want to go to the gym. Uh, someone. Same again, mate. I'd definitely have. I'd want to train with Messi. Like to see, just just to see it in person, mate, of how good he is and natural talent. Um, um, to train with as well, I'd probably say Cristiano Ronaldo, another one. Yeah. He's kind of like been different to Messi, hasn't he? He always gets compared with the, with each other, but Ronaldo's kind of had to prove himself, hasn't he? Like, is in like coming mm-hmm. up, not having natural talent and working his way up. While Messi's always had it, I would like to see how how they train differently and and um. And I'd probably say Wayne Rooney as well. I loved him as a kid, mate. Like, still do now. You know, he's in the same division as me now. Yeah. Um, he's just obviously similar to me. He made his debut at a young age and he's just got the top, mate. And I would love to see how he trains, how intense he trains and, and what he's all about. So I'd probably say them three. Yeah, so see, you're, you're always compared to Rooney at a young age. I remember <laughs> that. You're always compared. <laughs> better looking though, by far better looking. Yes, it does. Uh, but I'm gonna say our next question: which, Who are you saying, Messi or Ronaldo? Because this is the big debate. Everyone always compares them. Mate, it's, it's one of the. I'm I'm a <laughs> I'm Messi, mate. Like the things he does, mate, it's just crazy. But how can you how can you then say he's, Ronaldo's no one near him? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the stuff Ronaldo's achieved in his career. I think we've just got to enjoy both of them, mate. As in, like. The stuff they brought to football, like every kid now wants to be Messi Ronaldo. So mm-hmm. just just be grateful yeah. that both of them at the same time. So but I'd I'd say Messi. I've had I've issues, mate, but happy Messi. Yeah, I like I think Messi is a natural talent. Like you'll you'll never see another Messi. But Ronaldo in terms of his hard work and also the things he does outside of football, like in terms of a businessman as well. Yeah. He's very, I think he's he's very switched on, but I think I think the mindset of Ronaldo Outweighs Messi, but in terms of technical yeah. ability, you can't you can't say Messi's yeah. he's on a different level. And the last one, one thing that you would say to yourself five years ago to not take things to heart, like you know, as in like switch off as well, like switch off from football. Like five years ago, I was just so intense, mate. Like wanted to be the best, wanted to do everything, wanted to go home and think about football, like think everything I done wrong, everything I done right. But growing up, I'd probably sit here now and think, have a switch off from football at times. Don't be so intense with yourself and don't let things get mentally draining for you. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd definitely say, definitely say five years ago, kind of switch off from football a bit when you're not when you're not there. Because you're so intense, mate, you train every day. When you go home, mm-hmm. you can switch off from football a bit and you can still learn, you can still watch football and be like, right, I'm, I want to learn from the best, which I do still now, but... There's times where I want to switch off and and relax and not think so much about football. Yeah, it's all about that balance. Exactly, it's all about that balance. But, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. There's so many different messages and stuff that people can learn from from there, but it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. Good to catch up as well. Been brilliant, mate. Nice. Thanks for having us. No, nah, no worries, mate. Take care. I'll also I'll put your Instagram and stuff in the show notes for, the, for Instagram, for YouTube and everything so you people can follow you if they if they want to ask you a question i'm guessing they can just message you yeah. <laughs> Home to that spot on 
So thank you very much if you listened to the full episode and thank you very much Armour for coming on again. I'll leave his Instagram and everything in the bio for the podcast as always. And if you did enjoy the episode, remember to subscribe, leave a little review. Please, if you did enjoy it, leave us a five-star review. That would mean the world. So thank you very much. And share it on your social media. Instagram's the best place to share it. So just tag myself and the guest on the story. And that would be great. And one last thing, as always, if you could share this podcast with one member, your family, one friend, anybody, just copy and paste the link and let them know about the podcast. That would be great. So thank you very much for listening. This has been Process.